Hello, good evening and welcome to Jazznet. It is Sunday the 14th of August. My name is Scott Patterson. You're very welcome. It's episode 190 of the podcast by fans for fans. Thank you for taking time out on your Sunday evening to join us. Lots to discuss. Busy weekend, busier week ahead of us. Um, before we get into it and introduce tonight's guests, I'd like to say a big thanks to one of many partners that we have for this season. Should say hello to Football Prizes. At the moment, you can win a signed and framed Borna Barisic top. Not very often you get these things signed and framed. Signed, absolutely. Framed as well. Goodness me. Fantastic prize. You visit our websites, all the W's, footballprizes.co.uk forward slash product forward slash Barisic, jump on, have a look. Well worth a wee peek. Um, so on the on the pod this week, we've got a debutant, which we look forward to welcoming. And we, we have one of our seasoned professionals, air commas. Um, and we say hi and welcome back to Alex Anderson. Hello, Alec. How are you, mate? No bad, Scotty. No bad. Quite a euphemistic introduction <laughs> there. Was the, was the inverted commas run about the, the seasons? As I need an old fat guy, I was at the professional. Was it? I will, I don't, no, I don't want to answer that. <laughs> aye, 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 take the fifth, mate. Take the fifth. <laughs> no, good to see you, sir. How do you survive in this heat a bit better than me, a skinny guy? Yes, I, just about, I think, actually. I'll tell you, I had a great day today. The weather where I was today was absolutely fantastic. Um, I feel a wee bit burnt. I don't know if I look a little bit burnt, but yeah, I certainly yeah. feel it. My goodness. Um, how are you, my friend? Okay, you well? I am not bad, sir. I'm, I'm, I'm not bad. I'm, I'm hating the heat. Um, I am Aye. looking. I'm not so much burnt. It's just my, my brain's boiling. I thought yes. losing the hair, losing the ginger hair, as I, as I got older, than that would actually help me uh, cope with the heat. But I just, I, I, I cannot handle it at all. So I've been hiding in the shade like a total weirdo. Uh, thank God, <laughs> thank, thank God, I'm in the main stand. Or else I wouldn't have been at yesterday's game. You know, absolutely, um, Aye, absolutely. Yeah, we'll come to that. Absolutely. Listen, we should say, and it's a, a warm welcome. Uh, a new person to the to the stable is, is Brian Archer. Hi, Brian. How are you, mate? I'm not too bad, thanks, Scott. I'm glad to be on. Looking forward to my first day uh, podcast. Good man. As always, you're very welcome. You you know the drill. You know how we'll get into it. So um, by all means, we, we look forward to, to hearing what you've got to say on the podcast tonight. We're going to talk about the, the game yesterday, Ibrox, which was... Um, Listen, I felt it was a bit of a game of two halves, to be honest with you, and we'll get into that as, as the pod goes on. Um, water breaks Ibrox, my goodness, never seen, never heard of it. Um, although, Eck, you may know of a previous time when that's happened, so we'll come to that. Um, big game Ibrox on, on Tuesday night, of course, which you really look forward to. I think it's something that um, the fans are really, really, really excited about. So we'll, we'll we'll do a little bit about that. We'll do a little bit about what happened in October 1999 at Ibrox as well, which was a super exciting night and um, a very highly charged, memorable European night at Ibrox. And we'll do a little bit on the, the signings thus far that, that have came in, how they've hit the ground running um, and maybe where there could be um, room for improvement. Ek, I'll start with you. Um, lovely day to go to the football yesterday in the first instance, was it not? No, <laughs> no, 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 it was, it was absolutely brutal. Um, I, I think any, anybody who enjoys this kind of weather just, just isn't right in the heat. Um, I see folk out jogging and all this kind of weather. I mean, people go jogging in this kind of weather. I'm just thinking, you're, you're going to kill yourself. Why are you doing that? No, I mean, I was sitting, I, I have to be honest, I am, um, you know, being about, you know, being over 20 stone doesn't help, you know what I mean? But um, no, even as, a, even as a skinny youth with lots of hair, I could not handle, I could not handle the heat. Um, us gingers or ex-gingers in my case you know, <laughs> fellow ex-gingers know what I'm talking about um, and as I say no joking if I, if, if I had been in the front of the government or front of the Copeland my season ticket uh, I wouldn't have been going yesterday 
Yeah. Um, I was by the time I got to the, the time I got to the, the uh, my seat in the main stand, I was uh, disgustingly dripping sweat all the place. <laughs> you know, I had to stand out in the stair stairwell for about five minutes. So I was <laughs> like, there saying hello to everybody, like totally manky looking. Like, Get him out in here. Um, no, it was oh, listen, the start to the game, I was just uh, that kind of rhythmic. Um, the 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 union bells and all that. I mean, they're all, they've got to dress in black. God black, knows how they're handling it. You know I mean, me. uh, good good on them. But it was that kind of thing where we had the ball um, for basically half an hour, um, unrelenting and the kind of rhythmic banging of the drums, the karma chameleon. Even though I was in the shade in the main stand, my brain was kind of melting uh, with the heat, and I was just starting to looking at. Looking at their strips and Johnson's strip and just thinking, ah, that's, that's like Olympiakos, you know, yep. they're, they're, that's, they're the one, one of the, the great big three that we haven't played uh, in Europe, you know, and it's a bit like Atletico Madrid as well. When, I hate it when Atletico Madrid wear the mid shorts, but the best Atletico Madrid performance I ever saw in Europe away to Chelsea in that semi final of the Champions League, we were wearing the red shorts, it's not that, but you know, there's no Scottish team that plays in red and white stripes in the, in the Tamp League, there's still no Scottish team. I thought, this must be getting to me, this game. This game must be real. I was not thinking about it in any way whatsoever. And the camera, camera, camera coming ball on the bar is such I was starting to it. And then Golson hit the byline and pulled one back. And I thought he did that in the first half against Livingston. And it's yep. a sign that things only gone. We've got the balance of play, we're, we're dominating possession. Uh, things only gone exactly our way. But big Connor Golson's uh, taking a hand in things. We're going to step it up a wee gear. And then we got the water break and we had the kind of, obviously the Masonic water, you know, the, the caffeine was getting uh, into the <laughs> into the blood bloodstream. Um, and things just changed after that. And uh, Tillman, who'd been doing, who'd, who'd, been, who'd been kind of leading the way, um, John Lundstrom was kind of dominating uh, the, the, the kind of rhythm of the game. You know, Tavernier's the kind of heartbeat of the whole team. He was, he was keeping his... Uh, in check, but I think it was it was lovely when we actually got the goal because you're always fearing it's going to be one of these things where, as we've been saying the last two the last two league games as well, we're going to have a lot of possession, but we're maybe but we're not getting the penetration we want. But it's it's coming easier with every league game as these yeah. as these players gel together. And I think yes, you can see I think it's a, a really underrated role um, played by Stephen Davis last Saturday, the home game against Kilmarnock. Yep. He's a kind of genial host and helping just taking that ball and spreading it about with that bit of incision and helping to get we one two. It's going to be interactions going with the new players. Yeah. All new players playing, playing together and also getting those new players playing with with, with the existing with, with Lundstrom and Davis himself and all that and help helping the team gel together. And I think you could see that yesterday. It was just a matter of time. Yeah. Um and luckily it came just before I passed it. Brian, before uh, Tillman sort of leaped as seems to be the new sort of standard thing he does he just leaps um, Lundstrom really stung the palms of the St Johnston keeper with a really good effort I felt the keeper maybe done something for sports seen a little bit on it to be perfectly honest with you however um, we are seeing sort of John Lundstrom at his brilliant best again I think he started the season like a train hasn't he yeah I think he's a real role to for the midfielder but I think we can see that he's kind of different class from what we usually get up here. He really commands the centre of that park and yeah. he's on that kind of form. There's not many midfielders in Scotland that we were getting him. Yeah. he was really good yesterday, I felt, wasn't he? I think it's amazing watching Lundstrom. Uh, you know, Brian's absolutely right. He's, he's, he's kind of Rolls-Royce stuff. It's amazing looking at him thinking it was less than a year ago that we were having serious doubts about the guy. You know, in fact, it was this round coming up on Tuesday, although, albeit in the Europa League, 
um, that he, he got himself sent off against Alerskirt and really put us in the put us in the bin. We thought after having a you know being culpable for a goal we lost at Dundee United for our first defeat in you know over a year and you know giving away the well, seeming to be kind of no picking up his man properly in Malmo when we had a nightmare over there that led to us getting getting put at the Champions League in the early stage last year. And there he is yesterday, you're just kind of taking it for granted. It was one of the things I noticed yesterday. He, he's taking the ball in front of his defence. He's, 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 he's defending most things in a game like this before it gets through yeah. to Goldson. And it's good for a guy like yesterday, like um, you know Ben Davis making his debut. It's good It's good to help bed him in without too much pressure. Um, he's coming back for injury and, and settling into a new club when you've got somebody like Lundstrom who's taking care of all the major stuff in front of him. And is then... He does a thing where he switches play left to right, right to left, and from deep to front. Yeah. Um, but he also does that thing where he, he, he was taking the ball far forward. He's kind of sitting just in front of the defence, a stance, but he's kind of starting position with Ryan Jack just in front of him. And I think the only thing with John Lundstrom is he's not going to get as many assists as he'd, he'd expect. No. Which means he's probably not going to get the credit. He'll probably score more goals this season than he actually gets assists because yeah. he has a slight blunt edge when it comes to that wee bit running about the box. But that's not his job. He's he he's getting it. He put he, he played in um uh, uh, oh my god, Matondo Rabi uh, yesterday for aye, you aye. know for the chance he put he pinged off the bar. Yeah. But generally he's laying it off to like a Jack or you know, it would have been a rebo, but now it's hopefully Tillman, Lawrence, whoever, to to to, to give us that weak kind of uh, bit of penetration, that kind of scalpel type uh, pass. Yeah. Um but I he just he dominates the rhythm. Uh, Scott, he, he really does. He, he's kind of he's carrying the whole pace of the team, uh, yeah. if you like. And he sets the tempo, and he knows he, he really knows what it's all about. And he's, he's blossomed into an absolutely a cracking player, a total mainstay. Eck, I'll stay with you because one thing he, he's been voted as our sort of man of the match for the game yesterday, which I I think is um, is quite fair. There's an element of quality shit houseery about him. Aye. in the middle of the park, which I think is really important. I I think it's important that we've got a guy in there who is. He's quite happy to be a bit of a shite. Do you know what I mean? He's not bored yeah. if people like him. He knows what his job is. He's there to do it. If people sort of like him or, or not, he's not really bored in his ass. He knows what his job is. And if if people don't like it, tough to. I, I, I worry, Scott, uh, for uh, younger uh, Rangers fans. It was, it was a massive culture shock for you know uh, guys of my age. You know, maybe your own age. You're obviously, ten, fifteen Young. years younger than myself. But um, <laughs> you're, you're only early sixties. Um, <laughs> but for us to watch Rangers players in this whole the, the period immediately after um, 2012, yeah. after financial problems, to watch Rangers players getting bossed about the park Aye. by no marks. Absolutely. Well, Ian, Ian Black's an all-time low for me. Only Rangers oh. player probably, I think I've ever like actively disliked. Yep. You know, I always, the minute he pulled on that jersey, I always, I, I'm going to be, you know, my, my, my base reaction is always going to be sympathy and, and hope you do better and, you know, try and find the good in any player the minute he pulls on that blue jersey. Whereas with Ian Black, I think because he represented how low we'd sunk, um, all mouth and nothing to follow up, you know. Um, and to see somebody like Lundstrom coming in, I think it started with, with Scotty Arfield, you know, back in 2018, Hugman A 2018, when he had that 50-50 with the, the drop ball with Scott Brown. Absolutely. You know, that, that, it's, that just, that's what we've been looking for for years. Like a Scott Brown, these guys are on the hard cases, they're just, they're just pains in the neck. Wind up you know, absence. Like a, like a Stuart McConnell and that we grew up with, would have, you know, played keep it up with that guy without even thinking about it. Aye. Um, so to see somebody like Lundstrom back in the team who just, you know, doesn't take any nonsense and, and knows how to dish it, knows how to live with it, that, that kind of pettiness as well. You need that. You need a, you need a bit of a bastard, you know, in, in, in your team. And he's, yeah. he, he, and he's got that. But um, 
Uh, I, I think I think Tav Tav basically sets the that Tav is the heartbeat of this team. But I think um, you know, and Goldson is just a total mainstay. He's the kind of brick wall um, uh, at the back. But I think uh, Lundstrom is, is is pretty much becoming the pulse. You know, he's just yeah, he's he's getting what's going on all the time. Brian Tillman's had a fantastic week. Obviously, scores that um, header that high, high, high header on on Tuesday. Um, I think every time you look at it, it looks like he's jumping higher. To be perfectly frank with you, but the the goal that he scored um, yesterday, a, a really good header again, sort of very narrow angle, manages to loop it over the goalkeeper who's who's sort of made the angle difficult for him. Um, he's a real find, and I, I think that if there's a, an opportunity to bring him in for X amount of million, and I've heard various sort of figures quoted north of, of five. Um, if there's a deal that's worth doing there, it's probably something worth looking into right now, don't you? He's been impressive so far. Yeah, absolutely. I think you can see his quality. Um, he's really good at finding that space, especially against the teams that sit back and sit deep. He seems to be able to find that space in the middle of the park. I would like to see him play centrally more often than not. I think against. Um, the European game midweek away, um, he was out on the, he was out wide, and I thought he was a bit less effective. I would prefer to see him centrally when he can pick up space. He's not afraid to take the ball under pressure, and he can turn and find his man. And he's obviously got a decent leap on him, which gives us another dimension to our attack, which I think we probably didn't expect when he came in. So that's a good bonus. And I think the other good thing with him is the fact that we've got that option to buy and it seems to be from an exclusive option with potentially a pre-agreed price it's yeah. not a case where we are developing another team's player this is a case where if we can keep them develop them you know and then sell them on at a huge profit then it's a win-win I think that's a great point I think that the opportunity to maybe bring him in and develop him as our own then maybe keep him for another couple of years after that very similar to what we've we've sort of seen over the summer with um, Joe Aribo and, and the sort of you know what I mean Bassi's trajectory was very quick um, and uh, I, I think if we've got the option to do something similar with him it's, it's something we should definitely do um, Egg, we obviously went in 1-0 at half time could have been really different because let's be honest St Johnston have an absolute great chance um, at nothing each Jamie Murphy loops a ball in and I think the the Bears almost instantly go to Barisic to get into his ribs because he was in that sort of no-man's land area. I felt, realistically, Ben Davies got called on, caught underneath the ball a little bit, to be perfectly frank. It was a weird one. It was a, it was a horrible ball. Yeah. Um, from our point of view, a great ball. Jimmy Murphy's, um, it's, it's a cracking ball from his point of view because it's a real, a real puzzler. You know, it's went in there, it's a horrible height, really high, but coming yeah. down really fast. Um, that's no excuse for Davis. He should be he should be dealing with that. But I think the fella is it Bear? He's called actually the, the striker. <laughs> yeah. He's he's jumping. Um, he's a, he's a he's a massive height. I think he's the same height as Tillman is when he jumps. You know, uh, for for a goal against USG, seven his two feet. <laughs> but he's absolutely massive. And I think he's jumped too early. And and, and I think Davis has done that thing. He's watching he's watching the ball. Know the man. You yeah. know, and it's confusing. He's thought there's no way that guy's getting to that, and he didn't get to it. But it was a fact. Or slagging Borna Barisic, or I was anyway a couple of weeks ago, yeah. uh, for this habit he has of just letting play go, just getting almost getting himself out the way of danger, yeah. you know, as opposed to, you know, when he's supposed to be cutting the danger out. Well, I think yesterday he's actually been too close. You know, he's been right behind. And the, way the, the way the ball's kind of ricocheted, um, it, it's come to him too quickly. And I, I don't think he can really do anything about it. 
you know, the way it's come out and it's a strange way it's come out. I mean, he's expecting Davis um, to clear it, but it's not one of those ones where I think Bar- Barisic has been switched off. Um, he, maybe his position could be better. He could be getting, he could actually be getting out of the way. But when I've been slagging him for, you know, the past few weeks for 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 being too far away from uh, the, the danger, I can't really slag him for being too close to it. Um, but I, I think Davis should have got should have got it. And I actually thought Davis did all right. And I think yeah. I'm, I'm not actually joking about the, the head the head melting stuff uh, in the heat for me. I don't think I never even clocked that until I watched the highlights. I, yeah. I, mean, I saw it happen at the time, but I was actually thinking, oh, Davis did all right. He looked he looked quite comfortable. It's nice bed and and it's only when I watched the highlights again uh, last night, I thought, oh, Christ, I, I forgot all about that. A bit shaky, yeah. but I'm sure it would be all right. Do you know the thing that I, I thought, and I, I thought this, when you referred to, to sort of Golson marauding up the pitch and having two crosses for right wing, one which was really good, by the way, I have to say. Yeah. Um, I wonder if he does that, if if he's got the confidence to do that, if James Sands or Big Suter is beside him as the left-sided centre-half. I think it maybe suggests that Goldson has quite a bit of faith in this big fella and maybe sees him as maybe someone reliable to play alongside. And that's not a slant on Sands or Suter by no. any matter of means, but I just think that maybe he sees this guy as a bit more reliable um, as opposed to the other two. Well, I mean, Suter is playing be, uh, beside him at Livingston and having yeah. a... We know now why, and it's absolutely terrible. And if it, it feels wrong, you know they, they felt Suter did absolutely amazingly. Some characters just to be playing that day yep, to, to get absolutely. a jersey and go out there. Um, but I, it was, a, it was a thing I noticed that day. Connor Golson kind of hitting the byline, pulling it back across, and he was actually, you know, kind of saying to Trollak, "If you'd anticipated that, we could have scored there." <laughs> yeah, you know. And I think he was the same again yesterday. It was a cracking ball. Um, and I don't know uh, if Brian, Brian's talking about uh, Tillman's thing of uh, wanting him central. I think he's also the way Joe Aribo would ghost, but, but um, it's a neat, I can't help doing it, you know, look, looking for Tillman to be a direct replacement for, for, for Joe Aribo. Of course. But yeah. he, the way Aribo would do that thing of lethally ghosting to the front post and and and, and heading it back across the goal. Yeah. Tillman and his two, well, his, his last two goals, the Rangers' last two goals it was at that point, um, he's ghosting to the back post. Yeah. You know, and I think. Uh, it's like goals and the ball that he put across. You know, if Tillman had maybe anticipated that, it, it, it's it's looking at. It. I don't know if that's becoming. They're seeing that in training. That's becoming an option. Um, if ever there's going to be an advert for the fact that Tillman can get can get a bit of height, it was the goal against. Yep. It was the goal Definitely. against USG. You know, so I and he's big goals and he, he dinked a lovely wee ball first half through to Ryan Jack as well. I think Ryan Jack had a, had a pop on goal. Um, he's got a lovely touch. Big corner. We've, we've known that he's, he's great at stroking the ball about. You know, he's, yeah. it's not just like he's he's a, a an out and out stopper. He is a he's, he's class going forward, and he really understands. They say this. You can see these players have all got the, they know the tempo required now. And it, the thing I said about the Livingston game, which was a bit tight at the time, we're a bit worried about how we played that. I think it applies even more so. We've basically we've been a goal down at Livingston. We've won two one. We've won by a goal. Then we've yeah. won two 0 at home eight. Sticky Coman, you know, away from home, then it kind of shows what he's going to do. Yeah. And then yesterday it's 4 0. And it's this thing under Gerard, we'd see his starting games where we're going to blow this team away straight away. And when it didn't happen uh, straight away, we would start to get kind of bored. Yeah. Whereas I think it's going the other way, which is much more encouraging for me. They're hammering away at it and then they're upping the tempo. You're getting a goal just after the half hour yesterday, a goal just after the hour, killer times. And then it's you know a couple in the last ten minutes. Just but we're, we're getting more and more into the game and taking teams apart as the game goes on. You know, and we've done that over two legs, if you like. You know, yeah. really taking it against USG. So I like the fact that we're improving. And you hope that's a kind of a symbol of what's going to happen this season as a whole. We're going to get better and better as we did last season as, as the season goes on. You know? Yeah, Brian, I didn't think um, Matondo was 
I don't want to say he wasn't impressive. I I I think he could have been better um, than he was in the first half. Came out in the second half and it just looked like he'd had some sort of injection um, at half time. I thought it was really good in the second half. Yeah, the thing that impresses me most about Matondo is that for a winger, he's got that ability where he won't just fire the ball across, he'll pick his man out. Yeah. So for Arfield's goal, when he rounded the keeper, a lot of wingers in that situation would try and score from the tight angle or just fire an aimless ball across the box, hoping somebody gets on the end of it. Whereas Matondo had the composure to stop, pick his head up, see where Arfield was, pick him out, and it was an easy tap in. Now, I think, you know, that's kind of a bit unique for, for wingers. A lot of wingers would just kind of take the shot or, you know, put an aimless ball across the box. But he seems to have quite good composure in that, those situations. And of course, he was involved for the the goal that that Cholak scored to to really give us a bit of breathing space. And I think if if you dig deep, deep, deep down into the rule book um, somewhere, you'll find Brian that the goal should have been called off for for offside. The thing that I think was particularly impressive um, was Cholak's ability just spin and finish on the ball. I thought it was a really good finish. Yeah, I think the two things about that goal that impressed me was Matondo's work rate to never give up. You know, never give up on the press. Even though he might might not have led to anything, he still kind of kept pressing, kept harrying. And then, you know, Cholak's finish, it's just a one-touch bang, Chris Boy desk, and he knows where the goal is. And I think he'll score his goals. A lot of people are kind of going on the assumption that Alfie will come straight back in. I think Alfie's yeah. got a fight on his hands to get that shot back. Yeah. I really do. I think, yeah. I think you know, Cholak's a real, real good, good player. Um, a lot of people are liking him at Chris Boyd. I think... He's boy-desk and he's finishing and he's a six-yard box striker. Yeah. But I think he's got more mobility than Boyd and I think he's quite comfortable playing that one striker role. I would have no concerns going away in Europe or going to Parkhead and having him as the one striker. Eight, three and three for Cholak, which I think is an impressive start. We've Listen, we've had we've had better Croatian strikers in, in the past. And I think we, we were quite openly going to admit that, Perso and, and Jelovic. I the one thing that I really like about Cholak, other than the fact that he has developed this ability to score with reasonable regularity, he leads the line really, really well. He leads it differently from Morelos, but I think he leads it really well. Aye, what he's doing is he's keeping them in there. Yeah. He's got he's keeping the defence occupied. They kind of let them go. And it's, it's his concentration. As Brian says, it's spot on. It's that Chris Boyd thing. Just one chance, one goal. Yeah. Uh, he's doing he, maybe two chances. But he had just before he had the, the weekend of... Uh, Overhead kick, you know, attempt that went it went badly wrong just just before he scored. But that's yeah. you know that, that that's even better because it's that that thing of it doesn't phase him. Right. He had to be laughed to himself. I made an arse of that, and he's straight back in there. And I don't know, uh, Scott. It's far too early in the season. I'm I'm sitting here going, you know, uh, Tillman's going to be the next. He's Joe Aribo, but without the without the two or three seasons to get going, he's just arrived. He is Joe yeah. Aribo straight away, straight replacement. And I've got. Uh, Cholak could quite easily be up there with, with, with Jelovic, um probably the sexiest striker I've ever seen. Uh, Absolutely, just phenomenal footballer, <laughs> and, and 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 big Dado, who you know you would just run through brick walls for. You know, um, he would run through brick walls for it. He would just just love big Dado. I think it's like, it's like the Bill Shankly, you know, the Bill Shankly thing about you no, know, every good team needs three Scotsmen. You know, anywhere on that, and you're asking for trouble, but. Uh, that, that back in back in the day when when we had that kind of level of football, but I think having a Croat, even maybe a wee Serb here and there, having these guys in your team, they're just they're a class act. The Croatians, you know, as, as a football nation, they're just hard as nails, but classy with it. You know, what I mean, just yeah. silky, silky skills. 
uh, Cholak owed us after what he did for Malmo last season, but he's absolutely. played that lack already. Yeah, you know, absolutely. He scored that. He's, he's he basically scoring. He must that must be some sort of thing like scoring for the team you scored against in the same stadium in the same round. You know, <laughs> it's, it's a pop quiz question. Isn't yeah, it? I know this two seasons in the trot, but um, I, I I love the fact that he just he's taking his chance. And one thing with Chris Boyd, he couldn't do it. Walter didn't fancy him in Europe. Yeah, um, because he because he wouldn't come out. We didn't didn't think Rangers could play that way in Europe at that time, so we couldn't have Chris Boyd starting uh, Champions League matches, for example, because yeah. um, we needed the whole team to be coming back and working out and working outside the box. And Chris Boyd couldn't do that uh, to, to that level. Whereas Cholak, I think, is doing it the other way about. He's a kind of opposite to Alfie, if you like. Instead of running about, rumbling up guys and ragballing centre halves and what have you, and he ended up getting his goal. Yeah, Cholak is just in the position to score every time, which is keeping the defenders kind of psychologically ragdolled. If you yeah. like, they can't go anywhere else. You can't let them go. I mean, it comes to him. He's ready. And he's, he's like, I always remember seeing Chris Woods doing the old man thing again. But when, when Chris Woods first came to Rangers, it was the first time I seen a goalkeeper. Rangers, Rangers in that position who were dominating play against everybody and having a goalkeeper who would only have one save to make yeah. and maintain the concentration to make that save whenever it was in the game. And I think Cholak is the same kind of striker. You know, he might get one chance, but he's going to be, he's going to be sharp. You know, in the seventy fifth minute, as he was uh, in the first minute, and that is that's a different kind of quality for Purcell and, and Yelovich. But it could be it could make him uh, could make him a legend. Or he could end up. You know, I'm talking about Lundstrom not having any assist as many assists as goals this season. I think Cholak's a guy. I think we've all been saying it the, the past the, the past twenty four hours. He could end up with thirty goals a season, and he might not score more than one goal a game. You yeah, know? absolutely. I. Yeah, there's a, a guy that um, sits in and around me and he's he's often sort of critical of Morelos for a, a variety of different reasons. Um, and the one thing he said, I, I actually heard them mutter um, about Cholak um, yesterday was how he picks his moments, right. um, which I, I think sort of speaks to the point you're trying to make. Do you know what I mean? He's maybe not in the game relentlessly for 90 minutes, but if he gets the chance and he's going to score, who's bothering the arse? You know what I mean? The only, the only thing we did against USG in Belgium um, in, in Leuven against uh, Union St. Gilles was in that horrible, horrible first leg. Yeah. The only thing we did in a, any attacking sense was Cholak come out, uh, went, went a bit wide and got a good ball across the front of the goal, yeah. which he right. should have been there to, the kind of ball he should have been there to score. And I think that's going, to be a, that's going to be a sign for us. If he's having to do that, we're in a bad way and that was a bad night. So uh, he's, going to be, he's going to be the fox in the box, I think. Brian, Scott Arfield got a new contract for this season and I, I think, um, you know, I think brutal honesty, I think some eyebrows were raised um, when he was given the, the the sort of additional year, um, he started the season really well. I mean, I, I, you could argue that he's not been maybe used as much as what he would like to have perhaps have been used. But he scored two really important goals um, so far already this season. He's he's definitely worth hanging around. Definitely, I think it shows the strength and quality we've got in the squad when you can bring on guys like Arfield and he's coming on and he gets, I think he gets a goal and assist yeah. in that game and that's a cameo effectively and I think that just shows you the kind of level of quality and strength we've got in the squad and that's kind of where you want to get to is that you've got guys like Arfield but he's maybe not starting every week he's at that stage in his career where he's you know coming to what, near the end of it and he is the start so he's probably, his role now probably is off the bench as an impact and he'll still give you that energy and those late busting runs into the box. And against tired teams when we've kind of passed them to death for 70 minutes, bringing him on with the fresh energy and those late runs. You know, I, I do think he'll get goals and I think he'll get assists. And I think he could be a pivotal player playing that role off the bench, especially in these games. And 
we know teams are going to come to Ibrox and sit deep yeah. and we might not always get that early goal we might need to wait 60 minutes before we break the deadlock and when you came, there's nobody else in the squad that will do what he does in terms of those late runs and it's not something you can teach a midfielder you've either got it and you've got that instinct to know when to break forward or you've not got it and he's got it and you know if you know, I think he's well worth his extra year Eki scores on um, match day one at the Tony Macaroni important goal um, scores yesterday 2 nils never a, a clever lead and let's be honest if St Johnston were to score yesterday at 2 nothing, the Bears are going after nut. Um, so for him to get that third goal great work in Matondo um, I think everyone largely expect him to square it across to Alfie for him to dink it in I don't think we'd have got to Morelos for what it's worth because St Johnston had a man in between for Matondo to have the presence of mind to cut it back and Arfield's finish was really good I felt um, he's he's definitely been someone who I think as I say eyebrows were raised when he got that additional year for the the effect it potentially has on the, the growth of guys like McCann and Lowry um, Cole McKinnon who of course went out Partick Thistle but the, the the growth of these guys isn't going to be stunted if you like by Scott Arfield hanging around I would maybe put that in another way the fact that Arfield continues to do what he does can only be good learning for these guys I mean it's, it's a vital vital contribution to the team that, yeah. that goal against Livingston the first day that sets the tone for the whole season yeah. if we don't go to that game with a win you know that that's us Especially, I mean, that's a terrific response by Celtic today to what we did yesterday. We're thinking, you know, a good chance we're still going to be top of the league. To yep. think we don't win five hundred. So we, we we need to be getting the points on the board first and foremost. Yeah. Um, so for Scotty Arfield to come on and Brian saying it was the same same that day uh, at Livingston, uh, he's he's just ghosted right across uh, the front of the box to find right. the space, and he's nodding it right across the goal. He's watching the game obviously for the bench. Yeah, um, he knows what's happening. He's played this game. He's, he's, he's played so many games uh, at such a, such a high level, a uh, high level of intensity. Because he's coming off the bench now and he's he's ready to go. There's no yeah. there's no way he's in the hoffering like that for you know, for Aye, absolutely. Aye. He, he knows the score. He knows what age he is, but he's not giving you in less than hundred percent. He's totally switched on. And uh, I Brian's spot on that, that yesterday. That was a lovely bit of play. And he's 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 put that way with his right foot. You know, uh, just picking his spot. You're right. I think I think um, for somebody like Matondo, who might be seen to be trying to please the crowd in a, in, a, in a game like yesterday, it might be the easy thing to try and find Alfredo, especially when it's especially when it's uh, you know two nothing and getting yeah. in late in the game. He's maybe thinking, I'll just I'll go for the local hero, you know, especially that big blonde hair. Do he sticks out even though there was a three or four <laughs> of these red and white striped defenders between him and Matondo? But he he waits and he looks, you know, and as Brian's saying, he's he's, he's picking his man out. It's uh, absolutely brilliant and then Scotty Arfield he's slotting that away really calmly with his I think his right foot and then when he kind of then reciprocates when he does the same for uh, Lawrence yep. you know, for the fourth goal I think it's a left foot he's, yeah, he's, absolutely. he's in even busier box he's picking it up and he's, he's knocking it back I think uh, Arfield um, you know same with Alan McGregor being back up you know being kept as a backup goalkeeper, I, don't, I really don't see what the problem is. There's, there's a lot of folk getting their kind of knickers in a twist about this kind yeah. of stuff. We actually try to get into the Champions League here. And Tuesday yeah. night, you're trying to get into the Champions League when you will need every ounce of personnel you've got. You know, so to help somebody like him uh, kicking about to take care of things in the, in the second half of uh, league games is, uh, and probably to, to have a, still have a contribution in Europe as well, uh, absolutely vital. Egg, I'll stay with you because you referred to Tom Lawrence. I've been really impressed with him so far. I felt he was, he was excellent on, on Tuesday. Uh, against USG, really, I think he he really made the difference. I felt I I, I like the he sort of marauding runs when he's got the ball at his feet, can move with the ball at pace. Um, really excited by him so far. 
um, considering he's coming from Derby. Of course, he scored the the fourth and, and final goal um, of the game. Lovely, nice finish, left foot volley. Um, he's going to be someone who I think we're going to see if we were to progress into the Champions League. I think he's going to be one guy that you're going to see as a primary midfielder for those games and maybe rested until the next Champions League game comes up because I think Gio rates him really highly. I think that's certainly what happened yesterday, Scott. I think he's, yeah. you know, obviously he's, he's come on for a wee runabout at the end and uh, contributes a goal. Uh, it's obviously he's, he's, he's been saved for for Europe just now, um, in which he performed, as you say, it, it was everybody was at sixes and sevens over in Belgium. That was, uh, and I think Gio, I think Gio got it tactically wrong over there as well, um, and that's a, a conversation we'll have later on. Uh, I think it speaks to something else yeah. about Gio in Europe, but I think um, Lawrence is that thing, same as Tillman is a line breaker. Like yeah. that's what the, the kids are calling these days he's going to get in <laughs> behind us that's, that's what we need you know that's, yeah. that's what we need more than anything else um, in the league half the time and we're going to need it in Europe as well um, and he just he just has he just has that quality as you say he's his movement his perpetual movement um, he's keeping defences occupied he's, he doesn't look like he's going off he doesn't go away and be kind of dwarms and kind of lose concentration or lose interest at any point he's, he's, he's on the go the whole time he's one of the players he's kind of given you he's probably going to give you 75% a kind of midfield a kind of attacking midfielder Cholak if you like he's always going to be there to do uh, what, what, what's required to do but by the looks of him so far and by looking at what he did at Derby and what have you um, but I am really really pleased with him and I think he always encourages me I think you can tell the real footballers when they link up with James Tavernier and that goal yesterday, that first goal was James Tavernier, the ball, the, the back post for, for Tillman. Last goal was, was was Captain Tav again, just taking the ball down, just knowing where to run, um, working the one-two with, with Lawrence and then, you know, knocking it back to, for, for, for Scotty Arfield. You know, Tav was all over that goal. He, he basically kind of made it happen. But Lawrence, I remember when, I think... Um, Oh, fella, Aaron Ramsey. That's it. I try to forget his name, but uh, and poor Aaron. We do know the guys. We do know the guys are quality footballer. But when he come on, yeah. was it, I don't was it was it Scottish Cup game at Dundee? We did two games against Dundee. Won the league, won the Scottish Cup uh, up, up at Dens last season. Um, falling one upon the other, uh, but when Ramsey was starting to get a bit of fitness and the way he was linking up with James Tavernier, I think just showed to me he was like Ramsey was saying, "I've played Syria, I've played, you uh, know." The Premier, the Premier League down south, and this is a this is a player. This is a guy I can go on with, and I think you saw the same yesterday with Lawrence, and it, it reflects as well on him as it does on Tav. You know that he can, that he's he's in that kind of rhythm. He, he, he understands this team, and uh, it was a it was a smashing goal. Although I thought he kind of undercelebrated it for his first goal, his first did. goal did. for Rangers. I was a bit disappointed. You know, he probably feeling the heat the same as me. That's probably. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, this is, and obviously we're a Rangers podcast here, but there's something I want to ask you, and I'm curious to know what you think. Um, Manchester United dying a death just now, slow death, I think. Um, James Tavernier would start for them, would he not? Aye, but that's I. Oh, aye. I think I think yeah, but that's I think anybody can start for Manchester United. <laughs> they just 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 new Scott, you know. What I mean, that's I, I think you know. By the way, if we're, going to, if we're going to talk about other clubs, I think we should talk about Brentford. That was fantastic with them yesterday. Aye, they no, they're, they're getting, they're, it's all about Manchester United, how bad things are for Man U, but I thought that was absolutely fantastic by Brentford and what they're doing yesterday, uh, yeah. what they've been doing the last uh, few years. Absolutely uh, magical moment for them. And uh, quite a, it was a Christian Eriksen thing I thought was quite <laughs> We brought you back, mate. We, we, we brought you started again. If you go, This is what's going to happen. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, they, 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 sorted, they sorted him out. But uh, I, I think Tav, yeah, you're right, mate. Oh, God. When Roger Byrne died in Munich air crash in 1958, 
Matt Busby put in a reputed £75,000 offer for, for Eric Caldo, wow. um, who was our captain uh, at the time, and, and Eric Caldo knocked him back to stay to stay at Rangers, even though he didn't really go on with Scott Simon. Um, and Eric Caldo led us to our first, our first European final um, and missed a penalty uh, in that final against yeah. Fiorentina. You know, he scored a few penalties in his life, though, Eric Caldo. I mean, he's an absolute legend. And I think Tav, it's, it wouldn't surprise me if the same thing happened all over again. Man, you come in with an offer because they're, they're desperate, you know, yeah. they're, they're needing to do something. But um, I think Tav, again, would be, we'd be knocking them back. Our last captain takes to our last European final. Um, and I think he's a... He's just, he's just a class, class act. Yeah, he absolutely is. Here, here. Uh, Brian, I want to bring it across to um, other side of the pitch, left back. We've obviously brought in uh, Red Van Yilmaz and he didn't get any game time yesterday at all. Um, maybe a wee bit surprising with the big game coming on Tuesday and I think a lot of people think, you know what I mean, big outlay for young Turkish left back. Doubts maybe over the consistency of, of Borna. I felt that if there was a chance Yilmaz was going to play on Tuesday, you would have seen him for 30 minutes or so yesterday, but no, no deal which would suggest he the Barisic starts Tuesday. Yeah, I was surprised Yilmaz didn't start yesterday. I thought that would have been a prime opportunity to give him a start. I was surprised he went with Barisic. Um, I thought Barisic had a decent game. I thought he had a pretty good game, actually. Um, he obviously had that free kick as well, which was um, not too far away. So I think when Barisic is on one of those kind of runs of confidence where he's playing well, I think you just need yeah. to play into that and keep playing him. So for me, I would stick with Barisic on Tuesday. I think Yilmaz is the future. He's obviously on a long-term contract. He's just signed. We've spent a lot of money on him, so there's no doubt he will get his opportunity and he will take that shot at some point. But Will Borner's on a good vein of form, as he showed at the weekend. I would stick with him, but we've always got Yilmaz to come in um, if needed. Yeah, I, I was. I wasn't overly surprised not to see him. I just felt that if there was an opportunity, or if we were going to need him on on Tuesday night to start, um, yesterday would have been an ideal time to to sort of throw him in, even at three nothing. Go on, let him sprint his legs down that left side. That never happened, which would suggest to me that Gio has enough faith in in Bournemouth for Tuesday night. You think so? Ah, you think so? I'm, 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 I'm confused with this one. I really, I don't know what's, what's happening here. You know, it did look like, as, as Brian saying, it looked like, uh, well, the Bonner was coming out the door, and you know, uh, it was definitely the, the Turkish boy was definitely going to take over. Um, and I, I don't know. It, it's too, as you say, it's too early to be resting him because he's not done yeah, anything. Absolutely. Um, he's not had any game time. Uh, Bonner, it's, it is confusing. He's uh, just, as you say, he's. he's I think it annoys a lot of Rangers supporters that we can't write players off. You know what I mean? Because you don't want that. You know what I mean? You don't. Yeah. It's like I want everything neat and tidy. He's definitely done. Get him out of the way. It's, and as Brian's saying, Bonner's coming back on. He's, he's coming back into a bit of form. Yeah. You know, he's getting his confidence back. And he's. I know we don't have. We keep talking about Joe Aribo, but um, at the back, we should maybe be worried about the back on Tuesday night. You know, because PSV are, are, are big scorers. Um, and we don't have the big the big gap obviously is Calvin Bassey we don't have him he was a star uh, or a star on one of the many stars but he really was um, a phenomenon in Europe for us last season and uh, I know he's playing centre-back and what have you but it's left a big a bigger responsibility on Borna we don't have time for him to be 
to, to have another week and a lack of confidence. Yesterday, you've got to remember, he didn't have Ryan Kent in front of him. Um, he's also he's going to help him to bed in um, Matondo, who you're absolutely right. At, at first 50 minutes, I was I was fearing for Matondo's Rangers yeah. future. This is this is going to a bad start, but then he, he just he had he nearly kind of put St Johnson through in goal up in you know, up at Irwin. and then I said it was like a minute later where he, he hits the, the bar. And then he's setting up to What an effort that was, by the aye, way. One absolutely, absolutely, absolutely brilliant. So he really got it with his fifth neck. Um, but I, I, I don't, I, I'm really confused about this. You know, I don't know why Redvan's knowing. Then they got a wee run out yesterday, and I thought this would be, he would, he would be, he would be starting in, in Tuesday. He might yet, but it looks like Warner's going to be the man. Yeah, absolutely. Listen, four nothing at Ibrox is, um, is a good result. Well, well, something we're quite happy with. Before we get into the the nuts and bolts of, of a big night at Ibrox on Tuesday. Should say hello to our um, partners at Forest Precision Engineering. Huge supporters of the club for many years and happy to have them with us for this season moving forward. You can visit the Forest Precision Executive Lounge in the main stand if you're looking for further information on how you can get in there. Um, give the uh, guys at Rangers Hospitality and email hospitality at rangers.co.uk it is a cracking sweet beautiful um, and as I say thanks to the guys at Forest for, for joining us for the season um, I want to go back to October 1999 Ek, and I'll, I'll start with you because you're slightly older than me I was 19 then um, and I'll read out the team that played that night Stefan Clausen goals a back four of Perini Moore Amoruso and Vidmar Barry Ferguson, Van Bronckhorst and Derek McInnes. Rod Wallace, Michael Moles and Neil McCann. Pumped PSV, 4-1 Ibrox. That was quite a night, wasn't it? Aye, and they, they, they were lucky to get away with 4-1. We absolutely yeah, turned them inside out. It was, uh, it was, because we'd lost, um, we lost away to Valencia in the first group game and then we, I, I think it was, we'd Bayern at home and yeah. we're beating them right up until the last minute. And off um, the Peruvian guys' backside, <laughs> um, and we're coming up against it, and we went over to Eindhoven, and again, you know, that was the second time we played PSV Eindhoven in European Cups last Champions League, and again we went over there, and we won. Yeah. Albert scores, and then he kind he filled a. Well, I think he was on the bench. He was Albert that night. Derek McInnes, believe it or not, took over. I know. Uh, so you know, we're slagging Derek McInnes for being. <laughs> For, for, for the reasons we slang Derek McKinnon, <laughs> um, we should remember he was part of one of the greatest nights. So the thing I always remember, you know, <laughs> that night was I was up the back of the Copeland, um, and we're two nothing up. And at this point, we'd never beaten a. We hadn't played many group games at that point, but we'd never beaten somebody in the Champions League proper by more than a single goal. Yeah, it was tension all the way, and we, we were pumping them off the park. Michael Moles, Neil McCann, they were absolutely phenomenal. Lot and uh, Geo cracking corner right on a um, big Amoruso's head for the opener, have and. Right in the stroke of half time, they get a penalty. That's right. You know? For nothing. And well, I, I was up the back of the court. <laughs> I'm telling you. I I was sober as well. And I um I was only in my early fifties at this point, and I'm just shouting, I absolutely lost the plot. I'm like, I can't uh, Kalina. I Kalina, it was you know, the guy gets a World Cup final in three years <laughs> after that. But he's like, he's in on it. It's a conspiracy. You can't see these teams for the wee countries winning in the Champions League. PS Holland isn't exactly a massive country, either. but it's the, I, it's a setup. There's no way they're going to let us. Win. And there's guys from the book. It's the back of the Copeland. They're looking at me. Settle down. This is Stop getting, him a bit, down. getting a bit <laughs> slavery. This is getting a bit, you know. <laughs> um, I was absolutely livid, and uh, of course we were at second half. We did the same again. Uh, pumping four one, 
And I got home and I watched thing on STV, the highlights, and it, it should have been two penalties. I mean, yeah. Craig Moore just went right through Niflroy. You know, it was just nothing. It just, and that's why I always, anytime I see a decision, I see something in the, when I'm at the game, I always wait until I get home before I have a decision because the blue blinkers are, are something terrible. Um, yes. But the, it wasn't much a conspiracy at the end of that. And that, that uh, incidentally, that, that confirmed us over in the UEFA Cup that night because it meant we'd, we'd beat them home and away. So right. we're going to get third place uh, at least, but that was a, a phenomenal night. Do you know something that rings in my mind from that night? And you'll correct me if, if I'm on the right sort of path or not with this. Derek McInnes marked Luke Nillis right out of the game that night, did he not? Is that fair? Sounds right. Aye. Sounds right. Luke Nillis playing for them at that time. I, the only thing I remember at PSV that night was Van Nistelrooy um, getting filled right in front of me. I mean, we seeing it was the foul, but then just slotting away the penalty. I mean, thinking, oh, oh, oh here we go, you know. Um, and this is Van Nistelrooy goes on to you know have a great career in Man U and, absolutely in, in Real Madrid but and and of course he's the the opposing manager on Tuesday night yeah you know but uh, I I think McInnes everybody did their job that night I don't remember the specifics of that um, I just remember I remember Neil McCann Rod Wallace and Michael Moles just just turning it up you know yeah, absolutely turning it up up front yeah. and it should it, it was like I think that's why really it was a, a transference of what I was really angry about was the fact that we were only four nothing up. Aye. Uh, half time anyway because we, we were turning to pieces but um, we kept it going it was Neil McCann's plum as well back then oh, wasn't it I mean just different class I mean just different class really oh, really good um, Brian we know that on Tuesday night it's basically going to be a dress rehearsal for the real thing so we're expecting the big black and white ball in the middle of the pitch and we're going to have the old music on before the game um, taking into account everything that's went on the last sort of 10 years from from 2012 to to now 2022, um, I think it's quite a special moment that we find ourselves playing in a Champions League almost tie on, on Tuesday night. I wonder how you'll feel about sort of hearing that music blare out around you. I think it's massive. Um, I think it's going to be one of those hairs on the back of your neck stand up moments. Yeah. Um, when we hear that music, um, it's been a long time coming. It's something we've all we all kind of said through the journey that you know. Getting back to the Champions League will be a real point of knowing that we're back and we're back to where we belong. And although it's just a qualifier, but I do think we've got a realistic chance of getting through that tie and making it to the group stage proper. Um, and one thing I'd like to kind of say is I think how the club are handling these European nights has been superb in terms of their turning off the PA system and letting the stadium build the atmosphere. I think that worked perfectly on Tuesday night. And I think the tweet they put out about everybody wearing blue. That just makes you look forward to it even more because you just know that Ibrox in a European night, everyone said it, but it's just different. It's just, I'd back us to beat anyone in a European night right now. Hey, Brian's absolutely right. I think it'll be a special night, Ibrox, on Tuesday, don't you? I n- never mind, never mind Tuesday night. Brian's got the hair in the back of my neck going with that. I'm like, <laughs> right, let's go, let's have it. You know what I mean? It's, uh, it's, it's different, different class of Champions League. Um, it's, listen, it's been absolutely phenomenal. Um, what we've done in Europe, um, it, it's... It's almost like the, the, the game against Progress, uh, Niedercorn, was just like, it, it was, I can, I can I summed up everything that's been happening. Yeah. You know, it got an absolute disaster and then yeah. we will just come back for it, like we'll bounce back for it in a way that nobody's nobody's expecting. Um, it kind of summed up the past 10 years, to be honest. And we've, we've got back to where we are through Europe. It's, yeah. We've dragged ourselves up, we've done it back to the front. I go on about this all the time. You know what I mean? Um, but to get to a European final before we even won the our first league cup since 2012, is is quite it's quite mental, you know. Yeah. Um, and it's been a revisiting of 
all the places we were before 2012. This whole thing, you know, even the first group game, or Stevie G goes into a miracle he gets to the group stages in his right. first season as manager. And our first games against Villarreal, the club that we played in our only post-group stage knockout match in the sure. biggest tournament in the world, you know. Yeah. Um, and I, and we, we go a goal down after, you know, 30 seconds or something like that. We think, oh, we've taken it too far. No, <laughs> no. Draw two weeks with them, draw nil-nil at Ibrox with 10 men. Just, and then the, the following season, we got the group and it's just, the fact that we're in a European final last year, I still really can't drink it. And I've got to, you know, I take a year off to kind of, to kind of deal with that. But I'm glad that, I'm glad that Rangers have me, you know, because the last time we got to European final, I th- something I didn't realise was so deeply ingrained in me um, until we did the business uh, on Tuesday night, finally overcoming a two-goal deficit for the first leg, first time in our history was how much 2008, the Kaunas, we followed up our first final in 36 right. years by going out to Kaunas, straight right. out of Europe, in our next campaign. Um, and I think I had a bit of that about me, and just without even realising it. And when we actually went through against USG, it was like, Christ, we're actually, we're following up, as, as Brian said, to get into the Champions League, straight after, you know, being a European final, it's a kind right. of consolidation. Um, listen, I'm just gonna, I'll, I'll shut up after this, but, uh, Colin asked Stuart Weir a couple of weeks ago when it was on the pod. Um, he had to say to Stuart, I think if we get into the Champions League, um, that's us, we're, we're back. And Stuart said on a part I agreed with was that I think getting to a European final kind of proved that Rangers are properly back. But I think also probably what Colin was, I, mean, I don't want to speak for Colin, but what I was thinking was, yeah, I think but financially, we're back spiritually, you know, and back in terms of, you know, winning on the park, but yeah, to yeah. augment it all financially, to make it concrete to get into the the, the Champions League uh, group stages would just, I think that would that would, that, would, that would be everything to be kind of underwritten. It's just, we're just back to the, the same old, same old, you know what I mean? And uh, that's that's what we want to be here. I think you're absolutely right. There, there's something, um, and listen, I, I think it's, it's easy to, to sort of romanticise it, but um, I think when that music starts on, on Tuesday, you'll, you'll sort of think about maybe things that have went on in the, the 10 years since do you know what I mean? You'll you'll think about clowns like dare I say Charles Green. You'll think about playing Elgin six times a season, playing guys that are going to work at Ineos after they've come off at full time. Um, yeah, it's, it's just it's going to be an incredible moment. I think to 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 sort of be in the stand. I, I think Brian makes a, a fantastic point. The club have got it spot on by flicking the tanner off. Um, we, we sort of 15, 30 minutes to go before the season and the, the, the cluster of Union Bears in the corner are doing a grand, grand job of, of getting, getting everyone right up for it. And there's no doubt that on Tuesday they'll, they'll, play, a, they'll play a huge part in trying to, to sort of bring, up, bring the atmosphere up to, to boiling point and there's, there's no doubt in, in my mind that they'll, they'll certainly do that. It's something I, I think every Rangers supporter should be looking forward to immensely on Tuesday night. Ek, you'll be going, I assume, um, do you care to, and I'm not going to ask for a prediction yet, yet. However, um, how do you think Gio will play it? We've, we've seen him sort of go to three at the back in the big European games. Um, I think if he goes to three at the game, at three at the back, you lose the, the sturdiness, the mentalness, if you like, of John Lundstrom in the middle of the park. I would much rather see Lundstrom in the centre of the park on Tuesday night and just have a go at PSV, start with a back four and see where we go on at self patch. Um we've got that I think that we've got that fluidity now though. I think that the Rangers never had in the past and you all the years I was was kind of watching them, it was like it was either we're totally up for it, or you know, it was, a, it was going to be a great night and that was it. Yeah. Or we're on a down and we couldn't get out of it. 
you know, we're, we're, we started slowly. We couldn't really, we couldn't really catch up with ourselves. Whereas now, I think we have that kind of two-three pace thing, which all yeah. good European teams have. Um, there's a whole different thing about the club. Is that I was sitting there. That, I mean, even though it was a, it, it was a, a kind of personal record for Rangers, if you like, overcoming a two-goal first-leg deficit. Um, I was just sitting there on the, I think only at two nothing, and just looking about the stadium. It's full. Everybody's kind of buzzing, you know. But it's no too raucous. Yeah. And the team are just going at it. And I thought, no, do we look like, we just look like one of the teams we used to play all the Absolutely. time in Europe. And we used to, used to think, how can we not get to this stage? Yeah. You know, it's usually a team we'd be bigger than in terms of support and stadium and what have you. I think yeah. we're just so comfortable, so patient, so confident with the concentration and, and with the patience without like allowing ourselves to sleep. It was just, we look like a team that's been at a European final yeah. and we've added to that team. But we didn't look like that against USG. Yeah. And uh, I, I really... I, to be honest, I honestly don't I don't know how Gio's going to play because I don't know what's going on in, in, in Gio's mind. I think there's been a real tension between the let's go for it, 4-3-3, you know, kind of Steven Gerrard, Michael Beale, blueprint, yeah. Yeah. and Gio's natural pragmatism, you know, which uh, the Dutch can do. They can have that pragmatic thing without stopping them attacking. You know, they're born to attack. And I think, like a, a good, you know, they, they say that like, fiction writers drama and television the, the, the conflict is where the you know the, the drama comes in and that's where the and I think yeah. it's produced something magical that they, yeah. got us we're already, already working miracles in Europe under Stephen Gerrard we then upped it a notch but I, something that's going to happen with every Rangers manager every single Rangers manager I've ever you know has, has been in the job has been accused of benefiting for the previous manager's signings the of minute course. something goes wrong you know yeah. Um, and I don't know if this is happening in a good way uh, with Gio last season and I think he needs to I think he needs to get through this tie, you know, because PSV are almost exactly the same as Dortmund. Yeah. It's exactly the same situation, except Dortmund didn't want to be in that tie. We were playing them in last season and PSV really want to be in the Champions League uh, yeah. group stages. Um, historically, you know, the both clubs that have won one European Cup. PSV are also in the exact same situation as us. They lost the league narrowly domestically last season to a hated rival. They got a kind of last word over them. They won the, the Super Cup in the summer there. Yeah. The same as we pitched out to go to the Scottish Cup. They've started their season 100% record banging in the goals, but Ajax have scored exactly the same amount of goals in a alphabetical order. So it's a real it's a real matchup. But PSV score a lot of goals and they lose a lot of goals. And I'm really, really interested to see is Gio, the kind of pragmatist three at the back, going to take over? Because he tried, he tried to make that Rangers team defend to match up defensively against a defensive team in Belgium. And yep. it didn't suit no. the Steven Gerrard energy. That team still retains. So I'm really interested to see to, to see how it goes. Um, and I just hope he keeps up his phenomenal record at European games. Brian, the big thing for me is, is I think if he if he decides to move Lundstrom back one and go with a three at Ibrox, I hope he doesn't personally. Um, I wonder if he starts Stephen Davis just to use his experience in, in that area of the pitch. We, sorry, if Lundstrom's dropping back, we've got someone in there, a cool head, um, record amount of international appearances, someone who knows what it's all about, knows the expectancy of the stands around them. Um, I just wonder if there's an opportunity to throw Stephen Davis in there on Tuesday night. I think the reason he won't throw, the reason I think he won't throw Davis in is I think he'll feel like he needs more legs in the middle of the park. Um, then Davis can offer, I think, from what I understand from PSV, they are very strong yeah. in midfield. They've got Veerman, who we were interested in. Um, they've got a very strong midfield, so I think we would need more legs 
in the middle of the park than what um, Davis at his um, age can offer. So I think you might see Jack and possibly Kamara come in there. The one thing I did wonder about the back three is, I wonder if rather than dropping Lundstrom in, he might go with a three of Goldson, Sands and Davis. If that yeah. might be a ploy rather than dropping. That way you could keep Lundstrom in midfield and you retain what he gives us in the middle of the park. But he can still have that solidity of the back three. And you can have Tavin Borna as your wing-backs. Um, I wonder if that may be a route that he might go down. Absolutely. I think the, the listen, Ekvi Sands conundrum I think is a big one. Um, I, I think I actually, I think Gio really likes James Sands. You know that? I really do. I think he's a big fan of him. I think he sees a future in him. Um, I wouldn't bet. I think he may well start on Tuesday. I think Barisic will certainly start at left-back. As I say, I think if there's an option to drop to a three, I think Davis may start. And do you know, Scott Wright gets a really hard time. But in a similar vein to, to Sands, I think Gio fancies him. I think he likes his work, create his energy. Um, I think he, he likes the way that he maybe offers some cover to James Tavernier should he get too advanced. Um, I wouldn't be at all surprised to see all of these guys start on, on Tuesday night, Ibrox. It's the right-hand right side in attack. That's a big puzzle for me. I, I'm, yeah. more worried about, I'm more worried about what we do at the back because PSV, you know, I mean, they, they got Luke, Luke Nellis for a start. I mean, he scored twice in the... Uh, uh, sorry, um, Luke de Jong, he scored twice in the Europa League final a couple of years ago. You know, yeah. the guy's an absolute legend and he's uh, he just, he just come back there and added to what they've already got. You know, um, Joey Veerman, you know, who all the, all the young dudes out there were wanting Rangers to pick him <laughs> up, you know, goal-scoring midfielder. And the guy, Cody Gakpo, he's, you know, banging them in for fun. Listen, they beat... Ajax was it five? I know a certain Calvert Bassey getting sent off for Ajax didn't help, but they've, they've, <laughs> you know they've beat Ajax in the Amsterdam Arena in that uh, the Johan Cruyff Shield uh, match by five three. You know it's yeah banging goals are fun, but they look they, they lose they don't keep clean sheets either. You know, um, but they, they're a threat up front, uh, real 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 threat. And it's but I think this Rangers team actually enjoys a game. We like somebody yeah. coming at us. It's such a refreshing change. That's why USG messed us up as well because they were they, they were going to sit in. That's how they got second the Belgian league last season just by sitting in and that in the break. Um, so I, I hope PSV actually in a strange way come at us. And you're right, he likes Sands, and I think a lot of Rangers players, a lot of Rangers supporters don't. Um, it's the same as the Borna Barris thing. <laughs> I think Sands, he, we're just always in the cusp of going. He's a player, and he'll do some one B thing. And I don't think it's necessarily been his fault all the no. time, you know, as we saw in the the second leg. It kind of stops us thinking, you know, he's great, but then he does too much for us to think he's no, he's no good enough. Aye. I think a lot of it's kind of it's 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 MLSist. It's folk just don't like the, you know, <laughs> he didn't come to the right league. But uh, I think the American internationals, I think the, the USA international team is one is the most underrated national team in, in the world. Um, and then like with Tillman, you know, he's kind of half German, half American as well. It's a great combination. They, they raise their players right, you know, yeah, they, they really do give them a great work ethic. So I don't think you'll have a disaster. With Sands and um, it's like it's like right we forget that he played so well in the the home leg of the semi final uh, against Leipzig. He, he won as the Scottish Cup. You know when he has a bad game, he feels if he's he's, he's done. But I think in Europe, um, Scott Wright was really coming on to a game, so it, it wouldn't surprise to see to see him playing. But does that mean you lose Lawrence? We're not comfortable with that either. I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. Um, so I'm not going to make any daft predictions because apart from anything else, my squad's so bloody massive. You know I, mean? just, squad, I, I keep forgetting about players. You know what I mean? Aye. Listen, I, as I say, it's, it's something I'm, I'm looking forward to. I, I, it's hard. It's, it's hard to to sort of predict which way he's going to go. I think because of you know you you demand quality in your squad. 
you demand sort of variety in each position. And then when you get it for the big games, your mind's pickled trying to pick a team that suits because he's got too many good options. Um, and I, I think we have that now. I think we're going to the game and we've got a lot of good options and I'm not entirely sure that there is a, an easy team for him to pick. I do, I do think um, we'll see Lauren start. I, I think there's a chance we'll maybe see. I would love him to start the same team that started against USG. However, it's very positive and advanced um, and I wouldn't like to go to Eindhoven having to win no, like that no no although I, I, don't, I think they've got a kind of ropey record at home yeah you know I mean uh, they can battle teams at home but they've also I think they, 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 they've lost a few uh, as well they can do they can do better away from home sometimes than they do at home but I think it's just this moment I think it's if for example we went with three three centre-halves um, on, on Tuesday night and it doesn't work out and we don't go through I think you're going to start hearing all this kind of uh, it was the combination of Stevie G's team and you know Absolutely. making do certain things that they want to that got us to that final and it was a lot of bollocks you know it's yeah. an amazing management by by Van Bronckhorst to, to, to get us to that final providing me with some of the best memories of my life like a phenomenal run we had after Christmas there but I would just love for that sake I would just love it I, I don't care how we do it I don't care how we line up because I really don't understand how what's the best options just now I just want us to go to go through yeah. so we can finally say Giovanni Van Bronckhorst is, is, is the man this is a trophy in itself you know this you know to get yeah, to the final was amazing but to get to this uh, to, to get into the Champions League is, is is better than any League Cup or Scottish Cup it's, it's, it's a massive massive trophy and I think that would just be it gives a sense of confidence as well as the cash that would just yeah. take us on to, to great things mate Agreed, but you're not going to give me a prediction, though, are you? Yeah, 3 1 Rangers. Oh, yes, I love it. Absolutely fantastic. Right, Brian, your turn. What's, what's the score going to be Tuesday, my friend? Yeah, I'm going to say 2 0 Rangers. Yeah, that, that's why I was. I, I think we'll, we'll 2 nothing. And as I said earlier on the pod, it's such a dangerous, it's a horrible lead to take anywhere. I mean, if there's a horrible lead, that's it, 2-0, because you early goal elsewhere and sort of you're looking for clean draws, to be perfectly honest with you. Um, listen, Brian, I've enjoyed having you on. Congratulations, great debut. Good to have you in the team. Thanks for coming on. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Eck, always good to see you, my friend. You're looking swell as always. Yeah, absolute pleasure. And you can lie like the best of them, Scott. Thanks for that, mate. <laughs> <laughs> so listen before I let you guys disappear on your Sunday night I should say uh, hello and uh, uh, thanks for joining us again to our third partner Zenith Coins each coin that they guys are looking after just now of course they've got five in total one for the Founding Fathers one for the Ibrox Stadium or one for the 1972 Cup Winners Cup guys one for the nine in a row guys and one for the 55th League Championship winners under Stephen Gerrard five really nice coins all beautifully handcrafted and individually um, serial numberized, if that's a terminology, I'm not sure it is. Um, but they're available via their website, all the wzenithcoins.com. Jump on and have a look. Loads of people have got one from the legends like McCoy, Derek Johnston, Big Marvin Andrews, to the world's strongest man, Tom Stoltman, and the world's greatest chef, Gordon Ramsay. Um, if you are lucky enough to jump on and have a look at their website, I recommend you do. These coins are really, really nice to look at and a really nice memento cracking gift for, to give to someone. I think Colin Armstrong is around at some point on Tuesday for something pre-match for PSV, which of course we all look forward to as Rangers fans. Um, make sure you join them. Until then, um, and until I'm back next Friday, thanks for watching and good night.